ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد the way that Allah describes the approach and the attitude that we should each have in connection with the dunya and in connection with the akhirah is very different when you look at the Qur'an. The first reference I want to mention is in Surah Al-Qasas when Allah says, وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Even the way Allah words it, Allah words it in a way that contains a powerful message for us to remember. Notice what Allah says. He didn't say, remember your dunya. He said, don't forget your dunya. And what's interesting is, the human brain, it doesn't recognize the word don't like we may think. If you tell someone, don't think of a turtle, don't think of an elephant, that's exactly what they're going to think of. Allah tells us, don't forget your dunya. If you remove the don't, the undercurrent is, the dunya is worth forgetting about, and that time will come. But for now, not yet. In Surah Al-Mulk, look at the specific word that Allah uses. Look at the verb that Allah uses. We understand that our deen is a deen of action. It's a deen of being proactive. It's a deen of standing up and trying to do things. What is the verb that Allah uses in connection with making a living in this life? Allah says, فَمْشُوا فِي مَنَاكِبِهَا وَكُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِهِ وَإِلَيْهِ النُّشُورِ The specific verb that Allah uses, Allah says, walk. In connection with making a living, the term, the verb Allah uses is walk. But what are the terms that Allah uses in connection with the akhirah? In Surah Al-Hadid, Allah says, سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ Compete with one another, race. Race to what? Notice, Allah didn't say race for dunya. Allah didn't say compete for dunya. But here He's saying, compete with each other, race. Towards what? Towards the forgiveness of Allah and His paradise. We ask Allah to forgive all of us and to grant us His Jannah and Mirabil Alameen. Allah is teaching us something. Allah is teaching us a framework of how we should think. How we should approach this life. Again, Allah said, don't forget your portion of the dunya. Do what you got to do, whether it's the nine to five, the school, so on and so forth. With the right intention, all of that becomes ajr for your akhirah. All of that becomes thawab, sawab, reward for your akhirah. With the right intention, your average day-to-day routine all of a sudden becomes like a cash crop for your hereafter. We just have to do a little fine-tuning. We have to go to school anyways. We have to go to work anyways. So let's reflect and think, why are we going to school? 
Why are we going to work? What kind of character do we carry ourselves with <clears throat> at school and at work, so on and so forth? All of a sudden, every moment, every experience that we have, micro or macro, can become something that brings us closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. And we can live this concept, we can live these ayats. Especially the few that I'm about to mention. The first one in connection with how we should approach the Akhirah, Allah says, سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَةٍ عَرْضُهَا كَعْرْضُ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Allah says to compete, to race towards the forgiveness of Allah and towards the garden, towards Jannah, towards eternal bliss. There's no worry in Jannah. There's no sadness in Jannah. What's one of the primary descriptions that Allah gives us in Surah Fatir regarding the reaction that people have when they enter Jannah, and we hope and we pray that we're all among them. They thank Allah, they praise Allah, they say, Alhamdulillah, the one who removed all sorrow from us, all grief from us. There's no sadness in Jannah. There isn't just the external material blessings, which are absolutely incredible without question, even internally. It's going to be a completely different situation, all for the better, inshaAllah. This is what Allah is teaching us to prioritize. This is what Allah is telling us to prioritize. To compete with each other towards these two things. Allah's forgiveness and His Jannah. And the reality is we can't enter Jannah unless we're forgiven. Allah is teaching us how to look at things. Not just what to think about, but also how to think. In Surah Ali Imran, Allah says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ Again, you find this verb of haste. Go quickly, rush. Rush towards what? Allah didn't say money. Allah didn't say a bigger house or a nicer car. What did Allah specify? وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا Allah says, go quickly, rush, rush towards, again, these same two things. It's no coincidence. The forgiveness of Allah Azza wa Jal and Jannah, paradise. Allah is teaching us how to think. Allah is teaching us what to prioritize in our day-to-day -day lives. What does Allah say in Surah Al-Dhariyat? فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ to flee to Allah. This concept is actually very interesting because after a person makes a mistake, especially if it's on the larger end, at that point, the nafs is very strong. The nafs wants to flee from Allah. And shaitan kicks us when we're down. Shaitan wants us, before we make a mistake, shaitan wants us to have too much hope in Allah's mercy. It's okay, just go to the nightclub on Friday night, just go to this invitation, go to the hookah lounge, go do this, go do that, whatever it may be. Allah is so forgiving, Allah is so merciful. Ironically, shaitan wants to turn our belief and our faith against us. Do we believe Allah is the most forgiving, the most merciful? Yes, but he wants to manipulate that understanding. So before a mistake, he wants us to have too much hope in Allah's mercy, as if to justify the mistake. It's okay if I go do this, it's okay if I go do that. 
because Allah is so forgiving and Allah is so merciful. But then after the mistake, what happens? Shaitan wants us to think in the exact opposite manner. The mistake that you made is so horrible, you'll never be forgiven. You're too bad to be forgiven by Allah. That mistake is greater than Allah's forgiveness and mercy. You're such a terrible person, you're such a terrible Muslim, so on and so forth. Shaitan works in extremes, the nafs works in extremes. So before the mistake, there's unbalanced hope in Allah's mercy and forgiveness as if to justify the mistake. And then afterwards, there's not enough hope in Allah's mercy and forgiveness. And there can become an unbalanced fear of Allah's punishment, which is real, there's no question. But shaitan wants us to fall into despair to the point that we don't even think about doing any more good deeds. He wants us to think, what's the point of doing something good today when I just did this mistake last night, this other mistake the day before, this other mistake last week? We need to center ourselves and one of the most effective ways that we can do that is in these ayats. Seeking Allah's forgiveness will lead hopefully to us entering Jannah. When a person makes istighfar, when a person persistently asks Allah for forgiveness over and over and over, they build it into their daily routine. They make it a part of their spiritual identity. They make themselves into a person who Allah loves. Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabin wa yuhibbu al-mutatahirin. When a person makes istighfar sincerely and they're, they're aware of what they're saying, they're aware of what they're asking Allah, they're aware of who they're asking, it centers them. It protects them from falling into either extreme. If a person does a lot of good deeds, and they're making istighfar, those good deeds won't get to their head. They're not going to become arrogant. Because they're attacking the nafs at its core. The nafs wants to think that it's the greatest thing. But we say, subhanAllah, all glory belongs to Allah. Allah is removed from every imperfection. The nafs wants credit for anything and everything, even that which it doesn't do. But it's built into our prayer, we say, Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks doesn't go to me, it doesn't go to my nafs, it goes to Allah Azza wa Jal. Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater than anything and everything. The nafs wants to feel that way. So built into our adhkar, built into our prayers, built into our understanding of Allah's perfection and naturally our imperfections, is supposed to humble us, especially istighfar. Asking Allah for forgiveness over and over and over. A person will do good, but they remain centered. And they remain motivated to want to continue to do more good. And they don't fall into a classic trap of shaitan. They don't fall into a trap of looking down on other people who may not be doing the same good deeds as them. Their entire attitude changes because of istighfar. They don't go around on a high horse. This is if they're truly benefiting from their istighfar. Some people, they make istighfar with their tongues, but their hearts are completely absent. It changes nothing in their character. It doesn't soften their hearts even the smallest amount. The heart is just as rigid after istighfar as it was before. Even if they're praying and fasting and giving sadaqah, what are they truly benefiting from that 
if they're arrogant. Think of Iblis, think of his status. He was with angels. But what was it that took him out of that company? He fell into arrogance. So he had done good, but he ruined his good. He popped that balloon, so to speak, because he fell into arrogance. We ask Allah to protect us from that. He thought he was spiritually entitled to that spiritual position of Khalifa. And he didn't get it, so he became completely consumed with envy, with jealousy, with rage. And he blamed Allah for his mistake. He took no responsibility. What is the primary difference between our father Adam السلام, and Iblis? Technically, both made mistakes. The primary difference, one asked Allah for forgiveness and one didn't. The response of Sayyidina Adam السلام, Adam and Eve, Adam and Hawa, they turned to Allah, they asked Allah for forgiveness. They took responsibility. We made a mistake, we wronged ourselves, and if you don't forgive us and have mercy on us, then we're, we're completely ruined. What was the response of Iblis? He blamed Allah for his mistake. So we have to take a step back and reflect and ask ourselves, and there's no question, option one is always to avoid a mistake, whatever it is. But if and when mistakes do happen, the Qur'an and the Sunnah clearly teach us how to remedy those mistakes. We all want to be physically healthy, but what do you do if you get sick? Nobody wants to go and get the flu on purpose. Nobody wants to go and end up in the hospital on purpose. But if that happens, we have medicine, we have spiritual medicine, we have remedies. The Qur'an itself is a source of healing, is medicine, is shifa. When a person makes istighfar, they avoid extremes. Their good deeds won't get to their head. And their bad deeds become a type of motivation. They, they turn it into fuel for their iman. They use their mistakes as motivation. You know what? Because I made that mistake on Friday night, I'm making sure to get up for Fedr on Saturday. Because I made this mistake during this hour, the next hour I'm going to make sure to do a good deed. That's extremely hard to do. No one is saying that's easy. But Allah tells us, فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ Flee to Allah. Don't flee from Allah. That's what the nafs wants. It wants us to flee from Allah. Shaitan wants us to flee from Allah. But Allah Himself is telling us, flee to me. Don't flee away from me. لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Abdullah bin Mas'ud, this incredibly great giant of a companion, when he was asked, and he was an expert in basically all of the Islamic sciences. When you go through the collection of Imam al-Bukhari, may Allah have mercy on him, when you find Abdullah by itself there, you have different companions with the name Abdullah. Abdullah bin Amr, Abdullah bin Umar, Abdullah bin Abbas. But when you find Abdullah by itself, it doesn't say the son of anyone, just Abdullah, this is him, Abdullah bin Mas'ud. When he was asked which ayah in the Qur'an gives the most hope, he mentioned Surah Az-Zumar, Ayah 53. There's layer after layer after layer in which Allah is building hope into our hearts. 
Our hearts may not feel like it's worthy, like they're worthy. Our hearts may feel like, how can I possibly be forgiven? Ya Allah, how can you possibly forgive me for whatever it may be? Allah Himself is saying, turn to me, make that your step one. Allah is telling us, don't despair in my mercy. La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Inna Allah Allah is willing to forgive all of our mistakes, but we have to turn to Him. It's not a blank check. Wow, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Therefore, let me go and justify this or that. No. In one ayah, Allah gives us the hope. In the next ayah, there's this perfect Quranic divine balance. There's the hope and right after, there's the fear, but a healthy fear that balances and calibrates things. Don't despair in my mercy. Allah is the one who's saying this. Allah is willing to forgive all of our mistakes. A person may still have doubt. Yeah, but even me, my parents, they always told me I was such a terrible person. They always told me that I'm going to hell. My teachers always told Subhanallah. How are we teaching our children about Allah? How are we teaching our youth about Allah? If a person only focuses on fear, it's not going to be balanced. If you think of a very simple example of a car, if one side of the car, the two tires are flat, it's not going to function. You need both. There's a need for the hope and the fear. But it has to be a healthy hope that inspires good and a healthy fear that also inspires good. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kan hadha bannar. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salam al mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alam. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم if the brothers can scoot forward into the side a little bit there are folks waiting in the lobby فافسحوا يفسح الله لكم make room for others and make the intention that you want Allah to make room for you in paradise I want to conclude with a specific action item that I want to encourage all of us to connect with today specifically. Our beloved Prophet ﷺ, he taught us that Friday is the best day of the week. There are certain virtues of this day. Generally speaking, the Prophet, he taught us ﷺ, the virtues of giving sadaqah. If I truly want to be forgiven by Allah, one of the best things that I can do is give charity to any noble cause, to the masjid, to whatever your heart inclines towards, to live it, to live your iman. The Prophet taught us, as-sadaqatu burhan. Your sadaqah, your charity, your donations is a proof. It's a proof of your iman. It's a proof that you believe in the promise of Allah Azza wa Jal, that He's going to take care of you even though you're giving away from your wealth, you're giving away trusting Allah will give you more. It's proof that you believe in Allah's promise. Time and time and time again, Allah tells us in the Quran to give sadaqah right after this ayah in Surah Ali Imran. Who are, Allah says that Jannah's promised the people of taqwa. Who are they? The first thing Allah mentions in the next ayah. They are those who give when they're rich and they give when they're poor. 
Because in their hearts, there's something unique. Them giving is not about their financial situation, for better or for worse. Their giving is based on their niyyah of wanting to end up as someone forgiven by Allah and they want to end up in Jannah. The first thing Allah highlights, those who give when they're wealthy, a person may think, yeah, I wish I was wealthy, I'd give, even when times are difficult. Of course, within a person's means. No one is saying otherwise. If a person has the means to give a small amount, they should give that small amount. We, we all know the example, the person gave water to a dog, not even a person, water to a dog, Allah forgave them and granted them Jannah. Quantitatively, a person may think nowadays, well, you know, that was probably worth like a dollar. What difference is a dollar going to make? You know, what's the point? The point is your niyyah, your heart. They did that sincerely and they ended up in Jannah forever. I want to mention this because I'm here on behalf of Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. We have a table set up outside. Please stop by, gather information, give what you can towards any of the projects. It's been around for almost 30 years. We build masajid, we build schools in West Africa, orphanages, you name it. Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, there's a lot of good that's happening. But I want to encourage you specifically today to stop by the table outside and give something to support orphans in West Africa. The Prophet, he taught us that there's so many good deeds that we can do. But what's the good deed he taught us specifically that you'll be like this with him? What's that unique good deed for the one who supports an orphan? He didn't say a thousand orphans or just one. Make your niyyah. If you can, then support. If you can't, Make the niyyah that you want to give sometime in the future. And Allah will help you through that niyyah. There are secrets to intentions that we don't realize because it's not material, but Allah knows. $50 will support everything that an orphan needs for an entire month. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to open our hearts and our doors. We ask Allah to forgive any and all of our mistakes. And we hope and we pray that every last one of us leaves this gathering completely forgiven with a clean slate in relation to our relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal, we ask Allah Al-Ghafoor, Al-Rahim, Al-Ghafir, Al-Ghaffar, Al-Rahman, the most forgiving, the most merciful, to forgive all of us and to have mercy on all of us. Amin, Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina min ladunka rahmah, wa hayyit lana min amrina rashada. Rabbana la tuakhidna in nasina au akhtaqna. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamiltahu ala ladina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bihi wa'fu anna. واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة